Wow, this is cool. This is some of the best worship I have been in with men in, in I think, in all my life. I really do. And I've uh, been ministering a long time. I can hear your voices. I hear your heart. I hear the energy of the Spirit in this place. It is just absolutely marvelous. And and, and the musicians, I've never been around people so so talented and and uh, expert in all my life. They're just, they're beautiful. I, I, I was standing there a moment ago, and I felt like God was saying to me, you, this has been spoken over the house again. I don't know if, if it has not. This is what I, I, what I was hearing. This has been spoken over your house before, that you're going to be a watering place. And a watering place is good. A watering place is right. It is a place where people can come and get a drink of the Word and can get a drink of the Holy Spirit. But this place is going to be drenched with the Holy Spirit. It's going to, his, his Spirit is going to drip in, in, into this place. It's going to be a place of miracles. It's going to be a place where people can come and can observe people getting healed, can observe people being restored, observe souls coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. They'll be able to come here and be able to see that, and it will be demonstrated in the house, but it won't stay in the house. It will go out by every member of this church, and you will move in authority to bring the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom of God to everyone that you run across. But I, I, it's going to be here, and there's going, it's going to be such an excitement, there's such a thickness, such a heaviness. That's what the glory is. It's the heaviness of God, the kabod of God that's going to set upon this congregation, Hallelujah. and God is going to do that. You watch, you see, you, you, will, you will be involved in it, and you will be touched, and you will touch others. Every one yes. of you men, yes. I know that. Yes. I say that with, with full assurance that the Holy Spirit has spoken that to yes. my heart. So uh, there you go. Let's go with that. Now, I, I want to just share with you quickly tonight and, uh, and do something more in the way of commissioning uh, you guys. I think we, should, we ought to end the service with, the, with commission, consecration, and commissioning to go yes. back home and allow what God's done in your heart to be expressed yes. and to go into the workplace, to go wherever it is that you go, whether you teach in school or wh whatever, that you would go there and be commissioned to go in the name of Jesus, with the power and the authority of Him, and you'll go with faith. You'll go believing. You'll go believing that God wants to use you in a very, very special way. I, I want to talk about the present reality of, of, the, of the kingdom of God. I want to talk about living in the kingdom authority. And um, I, I really, I just jotted some notes down a little earlier. And uh, because it just changed the whole direction that I felt like I, that when I prayed a couple of weeks ago, or maybe longer than that ago, uh, we, we prayed about it. And I, I felt like there was a, at the ending of this, uh, after being here, that it just wasn't what God wanted. <coughs> so we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that some other time. So I'm, I'm just reverting to a lot of the things that I, I just remember about the kingdom of God. Sometimes we get really confused what the kingdom is, but the kingdom is a present reality right now. Uh, Jesus, Jesus said in, in the, um, Matthew chapter four and verse four, you know, he, uh, no, it's not verse four, excuse me, verse 17. 
um, he had just given the, the word about uh, the land of Zebulun that the prophet Isaiah uh, had spoken that the word would be fulfilled in the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, and by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, I, I don't know if you, we, we adequately explained explain this about the at hand, but when you, we who live in the country know what it's like when you can smell a rainstorm coming. Yeah. And you look up and you can see it, you, see, you can kind of see the cloud rolling a little bit, and, and you get the whiff of it in, in, the, in the air, and you know it's coming, and you can turn to someone, we're about to have a rain. It's gonna, it's gonna come a little flood, it looks like, but we know it's gonna rain, we smell it in the air. And that's what Jesus was saying. He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Um, you can smell it in the air. And, and by the way, they could smell it in the air because, because Jesus went on in his, in his prayer, uh, I believe that's in chapter six, um, when, he was, when he was praying, uh, let me, don't get too far here. Yeah, chapter 6, he said, in verse 9 of Matthew, he said, In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to stop right there. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it's going to be in heaven. No, no, as it is in heaven, yeah. as it is in heaven right now. Mm. So there, there's a present reality of the kingdom of God without turning this present age into the fulfillment of the kingdom. Only the return of Jesus Christ can bring uh, the, the climatical fulfillment of, of the kingdom of God. But in the meantime, we have a taste, as Hebrews tells us, and I believe it's in chapter 6 that we, we have a taste of the kingdom now, a taste of the power of the kingdom. And we have that taste. The taste is the real thing, people. When I lived at home on the farm before we moved into, into town, Abilene, my mother cooked a pot of red beans, and she would make the red beans last five days. And then we would have weekend cooking. Generally, Saturdays was more uh, snacks, and then Sunday, you know, was the chicken and the roast and whatever else uh, that we'd have on Sunday, and then pot of beans. And many, many times she'd take that big pot of beans, and she would, the first day you just had beans and cornbread. The second day for evening meal we're talking, we, we were mostly out during the day. And then we would have the next day, she would add uh, okra. Oh, I love that boiled okra. She'd add okra to it, you know, and then have okra. Then then she'd add tomatoes to it the next day. And then the next day, she would add ground beef to it. Oh man, by the time we got to Friday, we had ourselves add one more pot of beans. And it just kept going. And we're not talking about a pot like that. But I loved the beans even when they were cold. And I would go take a spoon and they get sort of crusty, you know. Yeah. And it got to heat them up for it to get wet again. But I could take that stuff. 
and I take take a taste of it. But that was the real thing. You understand? When he says that 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 we will experience a taste of the power of of the of God in this hour, he doesn't mean that it is something second class. It is the real thing. It's just a taste. It's not the the fullness of what is coming. And you can find that that later in in scripture. I think it's in in Hebrews. Is it six? I believe it's Hebrews six. I'll look it up. I, I see some of you kind of looking, looking around uh, for it, but it's it's Hebrews, I believe six. Um, these little pages don't turn like they used to. <laughs> By the way, am I the oldest one here? Is anyone over seventy? Okay. <laughs> all, all right. All right. You you got me. All right, okay. All right. I just thought for a while. I, I kind of have an attitude about or concern about being able to express the gospel and the preaching in terms that the younger generation can understand. It. Do you feel that? I feel that already. That's the reason in the Old Testament, you know, they would, they would change. The priest only served to, to age 50. And at age 50, he, he turned around. Now, according to their other uh, scripture they, that the Jews have, that priest would turn around then and spend five years training up the very early priests, and they just kept the cycle going like that. So at 50, they, they must have known something you couldn't quite relate to the younger generation. And we're wanting to reach the younger generation, and we'll always be believers until the day we die. Where was that going? Hebrews chapter 6. Um, um, uh, uh, doctor? Yeah. It, he says, <clears throat> this is after he talks about the, the uh, elementary principles of Christ, the foundation. He said, let us go into perfection or to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do, what? Go into maturity, if God permit. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the power of the age to come, and I just want to stop right there, who have tasted the, the good word of God and the power of the age to come. So you, you say, well, I, I, I don't know if I can... We can have that today. Yes, you can. You can have a taste. And that taste is just as real as the whole thing. So Jesus was saying that his will, what, what is his will in heaven? What is heaven like? Is there any sickness in heaven? No, no, no. Any demons in heaven? No, not, not any of that. Any hurts and wounds and everything else? No, it's a, it's a perfect place. You wonder why, why did Jesus come casting out demons? Why did he come healing the sick? Because he's, he's declaring to everyone that he came from glory. He came from eternity. He came from heaven. And he came to earth to demonstrate what heaven was like. So every time someone was healed, was raised from the dead, and was, was, was exercised, demons fled, fled from him. Every time that happened, he was declaring through those works that the kingdom of God has come. It is here. Not in its fullness. But it's here now. It's here through the works of the Spirit. We're not talking about kingdom building. building. We're not talking about training people to take over 
over uh, businesses and, and take over government and that kind of thing. We have a different kind of a kingdom. We have a spiritual kingdom. We have a kingdom that sets people free. We have a kingdom that is eternal, that lasts, that means something to people. When they get touched by the kingdom of God, that's going to last forever and ever and ever. It's not going to go down like a business, like a an office building. It's not going to go down like these other things. But we're, we're, we're at the end of education from a physical perspective. And we're in a new realm of education in the kingdom of God. But we have a taste of it right this very moment. Yeah. And how, how is that kingdom distributed? Because Jesus came as the high priest of God. Have you ever wondered, you ever wondered about that? Being the high priest? I believe that's in Hebrews chapter 3. And I want to talk about that for just a second. I think it's Hebrews 3. Maybe it's Hebrews 4. But he talks about, uh, uh, he, he says in Hebrews chapter 5, that's one place. I thought I had a place in 3. Uh, let's, let, we'll just go with 5 anyway. It says in chapter 5, verse 5, Oh, also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And and, and, in, and another, he says, another place he says, You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. And the, uh, the priesthood of the believer is not like being a, a Catholic priest, we're not talking about that kind of priest. We're talking about a spiritual priesthood. And, and that has been totally distorted in, in this age. Totally distorted. We're not talking about a priest who can forgive sin or can intercede or stand between people. No, no one can do that. Only Jesus Christ. When his blood was shed, you don't need anyone to stand between you and Jesus. Jesus stands between you and the Father with his blood. We don't need anyone to mediate for us whatsoever. But we're talking about a priesthood that, that releases kingdom power and kingdom authority. That's how Jesus came as a high priest and was releasing the priesthood to us. Look in, in Revelation uh, chapter, I believe, 5 or 6. I'll, I'll get back there to it. I told you I didn't, I didn't get any notes going. Uh, but um, it's chapter 5, chapter 5, verse 8. Now when he, Christ, had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. What's interesting about that word, the, the statement, we shall reign on the earth, it's, it's in present tense. It's not in future tense. That's in present tense. And in speaking even to those he was speaking to when he wrote this, this book and speaking to us right now is that it is a present tense word that has to do with reigning as kings and priests. But if you look at the word pre kings, it is not in the scripture. It is not, that is not the Greek word for it. The Greek word is basileia, 
Basilea means means kingdom. It doesn't mean king. It, and, it, and you can look in any other, practically any other translation besides King James, and it will say a kingdom of priests. It doesn't say kings and priests. You, you got it? So it's different whenever you understand that he's talking about that we are a kingdom. That every person who is born again has been born into the kingdom as a priest of the Lord. Amen. And that we are a kingdom of priests. Amen. You say, well, how does that work? Well, well, we'll talk about that a moment. But we are. Turn back just a little bit to... Um, uh, let me get, get back there. First Peter. Look at First Peter, chapter two, and uh, and notice what he says. We're just going to start with chapter four. I'm uh, with verse four. First Peter two four. Coming to him as to a living stone. Coming to Jesus as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house. Aren't we living stones? Being built up a spiritual house? A holy priesthood. We just read over that like, uh, that's someone else. No, no, it's for every single believer. Man, woman, and child. To offer up spiritual sacrifices. What are spiritual sacrifices? We bring the sacrifice of praise. praise. It, spiritual sacrifices except of God through Jesus Christ. And look down in verse number nine. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. If a royal priesthood, not you can't be, you can't just decide to join uh, royalty. You have to be born in the royalty. But these are only born again people. That royalty, you, you, you literally, you, you are a royal priesthood. You've been birthed into priesthood when you were born again. You're a holy nation. God, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. One of these days, we're going to learn about more about this. We're not there yet, that part of it. Like one, we are, we know that theologically, we know that in our mind, but we're not like one yet. This is talking about every nation, every ethnic group, that we're all one, one people, for we have all received mercy from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we should walk that way. And one of these days we're going to experience it. I believe this side of heaven. But for sure in heaven. We're going to experience that. That we are that kind of people. Who offer to the Lord praises of him. Well what do you think. What do priests do? If we look at all of the things. that They have like 800 and some odd. Uh, different rules and laws from priesthood. I don't know exactly how many of much because I, I would have refreshed myself if I'd known I was going to preach this tonight. But they have a bunch of them. But if you boil it all down to two things, this is what it is. They walked into the tabernacle 
and they ministered to the Lord. They killed the animals. They washed with water. They dressed in the in the raiment that the uniform that represents the Holy Spirit. They walk into where the candlestick is, where the where the where the table of showbread is, where the incense prayer incense is golden golden incense altar, and behind the veil they go once a year with blood. Once a year, we're in that season. We just passed that season a couple of days ago, young before. But they would take the blood and a high priest and go inside and sprinkle the blood of a bull or goat on the mercy seat of the altar of judgment. You know what was in the mercy seat? In the mercy seat in the beginning, was the tablets of stone, the law, as well as a rod that miraculously burned, as well as a little bowl of. So. 613 laws. Huh? 613. 613. Uh, 613. It boils down to this. Go in, meet God. And would go out to the people. They had to change clothes to go out. But they went out to the people. Boil it down to two rules. Go in and come out. Good. So you say, what is what is the priesthood about today? It is going in and it's coming out. Now look with me in Exodus chapter 19. Exodus 19, and uh, they've just come out of out of uh, Egypt, and starting. Well, they 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 count. Uh, let's verse two. For they had departed from Rephidim, and had come to the wilderness of Sinai, and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there, camped there before the mountain. And, and we believe that that's the mountain where they received the, the, the tablets and all, Mount Sinai. And uh, they, they, they camped there before the mountains. And uh, he, Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountains, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and I brought you to, to what did... Who did he first bring them to? Himself. I brought, that was the purpose. The purpose of coming to the Lord is being brought to himself. But he said, I, I brought you to myself. And he said, um, now therefore, in verse 5, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you will be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Oh, what happened? All of a sudden, here was the first invitation to be priesthood. Every single person, all of the people would be a priesthood. And this was their first invitation. Did they take it? 
No, they didn't take it. Because all you got to do is turn over to chapter 20 and you find out where they said no. God told them, come on up. Well, I'll talk to you. And they, and they said to Moses, no, no, no. Moses, you go back and talk to God. And then you come back and tell us what he said. They rejected the priesthood. So when they rejected the priesthood, that's where later, I don't have time to get into it, when Malachi comes into place. I believe that the, that, the, that the kingdom of God, in that sense, went underground. The true priesthood went underground. And they were just serving as priesthood. I know that God appointed them, but there was a time when even those priests who were appointed by God... It, it turned out before Jesus came back that the priests were more political than anything else. Rome would 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 select the priest, the high priest, and and all of that. It was it was underground. But when Jesus Christ came from the kingdom of God in heaven and he came to earth, he brought the kingdom of God with him. And suddenly, the kingdom of God appeared above ground in the earth and he began to cast out demons and to heal the sick and say the kingdom of God has come. Now we know, we know in the book of Luke that he sent out the, the 70 and when he sent the 70 out he told them, I, I mean the 12 to begin with, sent the 12 out and he said to the 12, go and declare that the kingdom of God has come and heal the sick and cast out demons. Then in the next chapter, he sends out the 70. And he tells them basically the same thing. Go and declare that the kingdom of God has come. And cast out demons and heal the sick. He said, if I cast out demons, Jesus said this, with my finger, you know the kingdom of God has come. It has come already. When you were born again, you were translated into the kingdom of God from the kingdom of darkness. You're in it whether you like it or not, and you have authority whether you want to use it or not. And we've got that authority. And that authority is the same authority that was given to the early church in the New Testament. We have that same authority now. It hasn't waned one bit. We are still believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We still have the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We still can hear the voice of God. We still have that. I, I heard a fellow say the other day, and I don't even remember where it came from, but it, he said this. He said, God made the church the way he wanted it. And he wants it the way he made it. And that's where we're headed today. You talk about the revival that's coming. It's not going to be some intellectual revival. It's not going to be all in big buildings and everything. There's going to be a revival at grassroots. And you're going to see the miracles of God coming yes. in, the, in, this, yes. in this age. Yes, right. We're going to see it. God will restore the church in this age. I have no doubt about it from studying scripture. I have no doubt about it. That's right. I know other people can make a case for something else. But... I don't see it. Now, I'm not saying we're turning the world into the kingdom of God. I am saying the church is going to experience that, and the church and the world will be able to see the power of God in the earth yes. before Jesus Christ returns. Yes. Yes. And he will return. That's right. Good. So, so what is all of this about priesthood? You know, you've heard of prophet, priest, and king. We're all three. <clears throat> no, I'm not joking. 
What does Princeton do? Princeton. <laughs> Here, here's the tabernacle of Moses. Here's the door right here. Jesus is the door. You believe in Jesus, you step inside, you apply the blood of Jesus at the brazen altar. And you're forgiven of your sin. The next thing you run into is the brazen labor with water. And then wash. The next thing that happens is that the priest comes on up here. Now, I'm not talking about the, the other people in that day. I'm talking about the priest. We're priests. And you come in here and you're, you're clothed with some more special clothes and anointed with oil. And then you go inside the holy place and you tend to the lampstand. You tend to the table of showbread. You tend to the altar of incense. And then the high priest once a year goes in again. Um, I was Baptist for several years. and <coughs> still deeply appreciate Baptists. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I deeply, in fact, I think I'm more Baptist than anything else. They don't think so, but I think so. <laughs> but I think I'm more Baptist than anything I really do if the, in theology. But, but here I am, and I apply the blood of Jesus, and then I get baptized, washed in water. And then I come here at the Holy Spirit. Baptist, more than that, let me back up one more. It would be, it would be the, uh, uh, the Salvation Army, for example. Their, their basic theology is you just get saved and go to work for God. <clears throat> so they apply the blood. But we Baptists and some others, we believe that you need to be baptized. Baptist, I we, I'm not going to talk about theology of baptism right now, but they get baptized. And basically what we're saying, get trained, come to Sunday school, but go out and do the word. Take, take the word out. And, and Pentecostals come along and we say, yeah, well, you got to have the blood. You need to be baptized. But you need the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And then we'll say, hey, you know what? Let's go out and go to work. Now you've got the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's go for it. Then we come along to some more holiness people and uh, some of the things that happened, the Catholic uh, revival, a lot of stuff. But they're basically people that, that believe in the deeper life. And I believe in the deeper life, don't you? I mean, I do. That's what the candlestick, that's what the table show represents, that's what the altar of incense represents, prayer and intercession. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I believe in that. So here, here I come along, and are, are we, we, we deeper life people? Maybe we come along, get, get saved, and we get baptized, and yeah. And Holy Spirit, oh yeah, I'll take it. Holy Spirit, oh, and then you get in here, and, 
you, you begin to learn the joys of intercession, learn the joys of, of the Word and the Spirit mixed together, the oil and the Holy Spirit mixed together in the candlestick lamp. And, and the Word comes alive to you like it's never come alive before. And we, we love that so much. And you got the table of fellowship over here. And, and here are our prayers going up. Wow, that is good. And, but eventually what we do is we go back out and go to work for Jesus. And we're working for him, not so much with him, but for him. And here's what we, the scripture says, for all have sinned and come short of what? Where's the glory? In the Holy of Holies. I, I, I believe Paul understood the pictures that he was speaking. And here's, here's the glory. This is where it's goodbye. This is where it's heavy. This is it right here, you know. And then what, so what happens is we know that. So, so we, we, we're not going to stop. This is the priesthood, y'all. This is what I'm talking about. We're the priest. So we, we got the blood. We've been baptized. We come to the Holy Spirit. We've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We love prayer. We love fellowship. And we love praise and, and, and the word of God. And, and, and we burst on, burst on in here in the presence of God. We're hearing his voice. And we meet the glory of God straight on. And we know that God is speaking to us. And then we are propelled out the other way. It's not just us walking out. God blows us out to the nation. Blows us out to the people at work. Blows us out to people at home. Blows us out with the anointing of God upon us. Because we as a priesthood have come through. And we've heard God. And now we turn the hearing of God into the authority of God. And we've heard that we are the one who to release healing into the nation. The book of John says, I believe it's John, you can find it, 16, is it? Where John said, if it, whoever it is that believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Do we believe that? I'm commissioning you tonight. I believe the Holy Spirit is. I don't have any right to. I can just announce it. But I believe that God wants to commission you tonight. To understand that you are anointed to heal the sick. But what you know what's missing? Is hearing the voice of God. I was kicked out of Dallas Baptist Association. Because I claimed I could hear God's voice. And they said no way. I met with seven men. Who were on the credentials committee. And they said God doesn't speak today. He's already spoken. And it's between the covers of this book, the Bible. And he's not going to say anymore. I said, well, how in the world, what do you mean he's not going to say anymore? My, my dad prayed and asked for God's word about buying a house one time. He never bought a car without asking God about it. I suppose he was expecting to hear the Lord. And I know of pastors, and by the way, I asked the, the lead guy who was, who was over the, the, the little group that was talking to me, I asked him. I said, let me ask you something. Did, did, did God call you to preach? And he, huh? Baptists believe in, in a call. And I said, did, 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 did God call you to preach? And he just looked down. His first name was Billy. I don't want to tell you his last name, but he, he, just, he just looked down and I said, 
I said, sir, would you mind telling me, in front of these other men, did God call you to preach or not? And he said, well, yeah, he had to say that. If he said he wasn't called to preach in front of those other guys, he's out of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's out of it. And so he said, yes, it did. And I said, would you mind showing me what book? chapter and verse it is where it says Billy was called to preach in 1970 or whatever and that was the end of the meeting totally it was over with and they kicked us out anyway because you the argument here's my point guys here's my point yeah. here's, here's my point as, as a prophet, priest, and king, it should be priest, prophet, and king. We're, we're all three. I believe it. We're all three. You're, you're, you're a priest. You hear the word of God. And you have the authority of Jesus Christ, a kingly authority. But we're missing out. One of the reasons why I believe we're not seeing more miracles than we're seeing right now is because we go here, and we come here, and we go here, and we come here, and we have a good time, and we go out. We, we need to get in into here. We, we, we are priests to, to move into here to where we can prophetically or we can individually hear God speak to us. Or as we're walking, and I'm, I'm not talking about we have to uh, exercise this in, in some way. We don't draw out a tabernacle in our house or our prayer room and we, we walk through it. No, no. It is when we walk day by day, we are priests and we are listening for the word of God as prophets. And when we get the word of God, we exercise that authority as kings and begin to heal the sick and cast out demons and give prophetic words that encourage people and build people up and the kingdom of God will be built that way. That's right. That's right. I'm telling you people, whether you like it or not, you were translated into the kingdom of light when you got saved. Into the kingdom. You're there. You can accept it or not. That's what the Word of God says. And if you accept it, you're going to have to deal with the fact that maybe we're being too squeamish. Squeamish? That's a, word, that's a good word. Squeamish about speaking or releasing what we believe we're hearing. And I wish I had time. I got a hour I'd like to spend just on hearing God's voice. It is very simple. But I want you to I want you to know something. If once once you know, once you understand that most of the time we're hearing God, but we just don't believe it. We as believers. That God works through our spirit. And sometimes a word just drops into our knowledge and we think, where did that come from? Oh, that couldn't, that couldn't mean that. Just uh, two or three weeks ago, my wife and I were at an Italian food place, and I promise you, I'll close with this. We were at an Italian food place, and uh, 
and we, it has a, a garden, it's in Arlington, and it has like a garden setting in, in the back of like a really nice home. And uh, it, you can have tables inside the house or, or out in this beautiful garden area. It's really cool. And so we were sitting out there and this guy that was waiting on us, every time he'd walk up to me it, and to our table, I would just sit strongly that that the man is in, in is in a crucible. It, he he's being crushed in, inwardly. That he can't decide if he wants to continue to do this. He knows that it's not right, but he he knows he's supposed to go to school. But it's a specialty school having something to do with electricity, and I, that's all I could get. And I but I couldn't get it off my mind. I said, okay, so. Um, you go pay out, and, and I'm going to kind of walk out the, the, the gate, and uh, maybe I can see the guy. Maybe if he's not busy, I'll, that's what I told the Lord, if he's not busy, I'll, I'll talk to him. <laughs> well, guess what? He was at one of those desks like this that was right by the gate where you go out. A waiter's desk, I guess you'd call it. Doing nothing. He was just standing there looking around. Whoa. That's pretty clear. Oh, I, I, I walked up to him and said, sir, may I, may I talk to you just a moment? He said, yeah. I said, I feel like that, that something's going on inside of you. And uh, you're really bothered. And I said, it has to do with your future. And you don't believe that this is a place where you ought to be. And you're wanting to be in a school. When I said that, the guy just broke and started weeping. And I said, you know, the real thing God's wanting you to know is that he loves you and that Jesus died for your sins. And he just said, thank God. And I said, if you want me to pray for you, I will. If you want to pray later, that's fine. I don't want to, I don't want to get you fired right here on the spot. Uh, I mean, I'd be willing to if that's what you wanted. <laughs> he said, yeah, you get fired, not me. But he said, no, I hear what you're saying. And I do have, I do have some understanding about God, about Jesus. And he said, I, I'll turn back to him. I'm really worried, God. And he said, you're right on. And he was just weeping. It was the answer, the answer that he needed. That's how you hear. Yeah. One, one quick one. Have I got the moment? Yeah, one, one quick one. I was, I was at the hospital and, uh, and visited. I had, a, I had a meeting. I said, I'm going to run by the hospital, and then I'm going to get to the meeting at the church with me. And, and uh, I was in charge of the meeting. I needed to be there. Well, I visited in the room uh, that our church member was and uh, was walking down the hallway, just minding my own business, headed down, going to have to turn right and go out the door and get in the car. I walked by a room and it was like a, 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 something came out of my heart like just like a plug on the door you know one of those suction things and I thought I mean really it was that strong it's like that and I thought now I don't have time I don't, whatever that is and the farther I walked it was like a big rubber band was attached to that thing and it was just getting stretched more and more and more and I thought this was, I mean, this, it comes loose. It go, bam, that's going to hit me pretty hard. I'm going to go back. I went back, opened the door. This has been, this has been years ago. And, I'm, and I went to the door, opened it up, 
I knocked on the door and they said, come in. And the guy was standing beside the bed, a woman in the bed. And, and when I walked in the door, he said, who are you? I hardly ever use this term, but I said, I'm a man of God. Why are you here? I said, God told me to come in the door. That's all I know what's going on. And she broke up crying and said, he's just telling me, I've been in the hospital for this week, and he's just telling me that he's, he's, he's already moved his clothes out of the house. He's leaving me, I'm sick, he's leaving me with three children at home and going someplace. You know, she was upset. By the time I left there, I, for, I forgot about meeting. By the time I left there, I led both of them to the Lord. God is my witness. Yes. And I was expecting them to come to our church. I was expecting them to come to our church, you know, and I kept watching for them, watching for them, and didn't see them, so I went by their house to visit with them. I'd gotten to your trip. And I said, how are you guys doing this? Oh, man, just fine. We, we got baptized Sunday at this Baptist church down the street down there. And I thought, oh, man, come and, come, and, come and join with us. But that's what I'm talking about. Watch those little things. Listen to them. Be sensitive to them. And then walk into it. Yeah. Try it out. I, I've gotten words and written them in, in a restaurant. I've written them out on a piece of paper. Leave, leave it on the table. I'd say, listen, this is a word that I feel like is you, you'll you'd like to read it. And I'll just walk off and I'll put on there, uh, this is love Jesus and I'm a lover of Jesus and this is what I'm hearing God say to you. And I just write it out, leave it on the table and walk out and never know what happens. There's so much fun. It's so much fun. So I want to commission you. I, wanna, I mean, I want to I want to declare and say that God is wanting to commission you for this task when you leave. And I know we we've already spread the oil all over you, all of you. But but in, in, in Leviticus it talks about that whenever they consecrated the priest, they put oil on their ear, right ear lobe, oil on the right thumb, and oil on the right big toe. Now, I'm not going to ask you to take your shoes off <laughs> to put it on the right big toe. <laughs> <laughs> but you know I, I would like for for the three of us again who prayed for you uh, earlier to, to take the oil and and to put it on the ear for here oh praise God for here if you wouldn't mind just, just reaching out and putting on, on your right ear lobe it's the way they did it in the Old Testament I believe it's it's a picture of what God wants to do to anoint our ears with the Holy Spirit that we can hear. And in doing that, in doing that, God commissions you to go back into the home, back into the workplace, back into your daily life as a priest of God who's been washed in the blood, washed in the water, anointed by the Holy Spirit, and you've heard his voice and you obey that. So you move from priest to the prophetic to the king authority in life. And we walk as all three of us.